Um, so today is a celebration of life, eternal life. Eternal life for what our Lord and Savior did for us on this day, almost 2,000 years ago. And um, we're eternally grateful. We can never make it up to Him. We just need to give up our lives. It's our reasonable service, as it says in the Scripture. And, um, but we're not dying on the cross like He did. We're just giving up that sinful life that we used to do. And we're repenting genuinely in our heart, making changes in our life to be like Jesus, to walk in righteousness. As Paul said, run the race to win. Don't run the race just to get there. You understand, brothers and sisters. And you'll always stay on front. You'll get better and better at righteousness because you have the Holy Spirit in you, which is part of Yeshua, Jesus. And he will better you and better you and better you. And every morning when you wake up, you thank him for the Holy Spirit. If you have asked him in your heart, you believe genuinely that he came from heaven, son of God, died and was buried and arose. You were anointed at that point, but you don't receive the Holy Spirit. Everyone gets it at a different time. When they repent genuinely in their heart, and that means to change from your evil ways by making changes, renewing your mind, and then he will renew your mind completely and renew your heart from a stony heart to a pure, loving heart. Scripture says, if you do not have a pure heart, you will not see God. Remember, brothers and sisters, we have to love God with all our heart, mind, spirit, soul, and strength, and love thy neighbor as yourself, brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. Right. So let's, um, let's look at some scripture about, about the resurrection. And... I'm excited today. I prayed the Lord earnestly. The Holy Spirit would put the message together. Not me. I prayed earnestly. The Holy Spirit would speak through me. And I prayed earnestly that he drew the people that he wants here. If you're watching this right now live, you're called. And if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you've repented genuinely. You're chosen. And you may not be chosen yet. Maybe you have you backslid. Maybe like the prodigal son. If you change, repent. He'll bring you back home to the kingdom. Amen? All right, brothers and sisters. So, the first scripture we're going to read today, we're actually going to go back to the cross. If you were with me Friday, we covered pretty much all of it except for this. I left it for today. Significant thing here that I want to share with you before we actually get into the resurrection. So, we're in John chapter 23. Reading from verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong, brothers and sisters. That's the amazing grace. You know, the scripture says, love covers a multitude of sins. Jesus is that love. He covered all the sins of the world for you and me forever and ever. Amen. 
Then reading from 42. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, brothers and sisters. Now, one thing I want to point out to you is he didn't have time to uh, show his worthiness, that he has made changes in his life, got rid of the evil company, so he's not sinning, things like that. But he repented genuinely in his heart. God knew if he lived a day longer or longer than that, he would have given his life to him. And he took him to paradise that day. You understand, brothers and sisters? All right. So let's find out what paradise is. Now, most of you, I would imagine, most of you have heard of paradise. It's from Genesis. Garden of Eden was called paradise. And if Adam and Eve had not sinned, they'd still be in paradise. And they'd still be alive today. But because of the sin, Jesus had to come to save the world. Jesus came to redeem man back to God. Praise God. So let's find out about this. We're going to read two, two verses or two passages to find out more about this amazing paradise that what? You and I, brothers and sisters, are looking forward to. Amen. So we turn to... 2 Corinthians chapter 12, reading 2 through 4. Now, this is Paul speaking, and he's very humble. Something happens to him, either a vision or it actually happens, and he doesn't want to take credit. So this is how it goes. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a one was caught up to a third heaven. Think about it. A third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise. Paradise, brothers and sisters. You see, paradise is a third heaven. So, you know, it's tough times right now. The corona virus is here. It's worldwide. That means it's God's hand is in on it. All right? Don't let anybody deceive you. It's not the devil. This is God. There's a wake-up call to the world. There's too much immorality, too much violence, too much hatred in the world. And it's time for him to come and redeem us and save us. By the blood of Jesus, amen. You understand? We're in the last hour, brothers and sisters. Everyone can see that. Scripture tells us that because you've seen all the wonderful things in the world, the things that are made, miracles, brothers and sisters, people have always told you about miracles, or maybe you had one yourself. No one has an excuse. That's what the Lord tells us. So, you know, what's going to happen is, as I shared Friday, if you listen to the message or the other message in recent times since the coronavirus here, this is pre-labor pains, like a woman who is pregnant. It's pre-labor pains. So we have to have a little suffering, but God has taken, if you are here, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Trust me, 
As God separated the Jews on Passover, when they put the blood around the door, and the angel of death came by and killed everybody's firstborn except for theirs, he's going to do that to you too. He's going to protect you because you're his. He's not taking you until he takes the church. Do you understand? And that's coming. That's coming, brothers and sisters. And when it comes, it'll be when the tribulation hits, which is way worse than what we're experiencing now. But God says clearly in two or three passages of this word of God, we are not appointed to the wrath, brothers and sisters. Praise God. So he will take us out of this world and take us to that paradise right there. Scripture says the tribulation will last three and a half years. And it's going to be hell on earth for anyone left behind. Don't let anybody deceive you. You understand? So you make sure you're right with God before he takes his church up. Nobody knows when he's going to do that. But be ready because it's coming. Be ready. And try to get as many souls saved as you can. But remember, <coughs> no one comes to Jesus Unless the Father draws him. So you're not going to preach to everybody you meet. But the Holy Spirit will put it on your heart to preach to somebody. And then you got to minister to them. Understand? All right. So now, let's go to the res resurrection. Uh, well, one more, one more verse about paradise. This is in Revelations. Can't skip this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. You see, that's you and I. If you're saved today, you have the Holy Spirit. Be a good chair. <clears throat> Run the race to win. All right. Have your sights on heavenly things. Have your sights on that paradise where you'll be with Jesus, Yeshua, who died for you. All right, so now that takes us to uh, the resurrection day. Today, the day we're celebrating. Let's see the miraculous things that happens. Now we're reading from John 19, verse 20, verse 1. Chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first of the day, of the week, Mary Magdalene <clears throat> went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Reading from verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stood, stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. You see, he revealed himself to her with those words. 
And she turned and said to him, Rabbani, which is to say teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Amen. Now, this is the first time that the Lord calls them his brethren. That's powerful. Gives me chills. Can you imagine? It's, it's great humility. It's over the top humility. And uh, if, you're, if you're a humble person, God loves you. And if, if you're a proud person, he says the proud will not make it to paradise, brothers and sisters, change. Ask God to change your heart, and he will. Reading from 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came in, stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace be with you. Brothers and sisters, the doors are shut. Why does he say that? Nobody opens the door for him to come in. He just comes in. He just appears. Right? Is anything too hard for our God? No. No, brothers and sisters. Reading verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the first time they received the Holy Spirit. Seven days later, they're in a room, upper room, praying, and they receive the Holy Spirit again, day of Pentecost. They receive the Holy Spirit. They have double the Holy Spirit. And that's why they go, and they're, they're not performing the miracles. God himself is, but through their words, through their prayer. Because they have more of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, you too can have more of the Holy Spirit. Every morning when I wake up and I get on my knees to pray to my Lord and Savior, I thank Him for filling me with the Holy Spirit. And I ask Him for double the Holy Spirit. Now remember, you get more of the Holy Spirit to those, the Scripture says, who more is given, more is required. So what? You have to use those gifts. So use those gifts, right? Remember, the guy who has one gift and buries it, that's a believer. It says the servant. The servant is a believer who buries his gift he says, you lazy, lazy servant. He sends him to be tortured before he goes to hell. With the unbelievers, that's what the word says. So brothers and sisters, use your gift. Pray to God what your gift is. But when God tugs on your heart to minister to somebody, don't quench the spirit. Speak out. Amen? Now verse 23, it says, If you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, the Lord revealed to me last night what this means. I took my dog for a walk, trapped in the house as we all are. And I, I came upon a neighbor who lives maybe three, four houses down that I've never had a had conversation with. But I've waved and said hi. And so he wanted to talk, and so I talked. And this, 
This man is an elderly man. A few years ago, he got cancer behind his eye. He had his eye took out. He has one eye. And the Lord tugged on my heart to say something to him about the Lord. So I said, Brother, are you going to celebrate the Lord's resurrection tomorrow? And he laughed. And I'm ready to walk right then. But he wanted to talk. And he tells me that, you know, he doesn't like fanatical religious people. Well, brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, are you religious? Think about it right now. Are you religious? If your answer is no, you got a problem. Because if you've got a shoe of Jesus in your heart, you are religious. You're religious for your Savior, and you want to bring as many people to Christ as God, what, draws to you to speak out. Not everybody, remember. But apparently God had drawn him to, to God. So he goes on to tell me about his parents, how great they were, how they never did anything wrong. They were full of love, but they were not believers, in particular his dad. And then he went on to tell me, actually, he was showing rejection so much, so I wanted to walk away. I started to walk away, and the Holy Spirit told me, told me, don't quench the Spirit, keep talking to him. I did. I stopped. And he actually was walking towards me as I was walking away. So then he goes on to tell me how great a person he is, that he would never harm anybody, that he's always been good, full of love. And I said to him, well, brother, have you ever read the Bible? He said, yes, I have. I was in boarding school, Christian boarding school. He says, I've read it all. I said, oh, okay. Have you read about the 10 virgins? He smiled. I said, five of them had oil. Five of them didn't. The five that had oil had the Holy Spirit. The five that didn't are virgins. Virgins pure. That's like him. He doesn't, he's a righteous person. He's living a righteous life. Remember, that's what you have to do to get the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Why? He will not humble himself to the Lord. He will not humble himself to Jesus, Yeshua. He even said, hey, all religions is okay. No, they're not. I said, is praying to Buddha okay? I said, have you read in the Bible where Jesus says, or the Lord says, he is a jealous God? You know. So he don't want to humble himself. So I tell him about the virgins. I said, look, those ones that are really good people, but they don't have Jesus, they don't believe in Jesus, they don't humble themselves to our Lord and Savior, they don't make it. And I go on to tell him, those people go to hell. Where the flame is never quenched, that means forever. Where the worm doesn't die, that's the soul, forever. And where they experience pain day and night for eternity, forever. And I told him, brothers and sisters, Spirit told me to tell him that if you get on your knees every morning, every night and pray and humble yourself to him and pray to God in Jesus' name, You'll be saved. And you'll go to heaven. But if you don't, you'll go to hell. And as I walked on my porch here, just a half a block, the Spirit told me, that's what that verse means. You see, God is the one that judges. Jesus has two keys, Revelation says, the keys to death and the keys to hell. 
Jesus is the one that takes anybody off this earth. Nobody dies unless Jesus says so. Period. Point blank. And nobody goes to heaven unless Jesus says so. Nobody goes to hell unless Jesus said so. You understand? So what he did for you and I, he is not going to blink. He don't care how great you are. If you don't humble yourself to our Lord and Savior for what he did on Friday for us and arose today, you're going to go to hell. And that's what it means by that verse. Okay? And you, as a disciple in Christ, if somebody has drawn somebody to you, he's already worked on them. Okay? Witness to them and don't be afraid to tell them that. You understand? Because it's the truth. This morning, I was thinking about it, and the Holy Spirit told me. He used a word that I never used. Sometimes he does that, and I wrote it down. He said, emphatically. So I got the dictionary, and I looked up, what does emphatically mean? Emphatically means, meaning you can tell them without a doubt, without a doubt, that if they don't believe in Jesus, Yeshua, was part of God, God's only begotten Son, who came down in human form to die uh, a sacrifice for him and all the world, and arose and went to heaven. They will not go to heaven if they die in that state. But tell them, you know, hey, it's like a car door. They're inside the car door. There's no door handle on the outside. Yeshua, Jesus, is right there. He wants to come into their heart, but he can't unless they open the door from the inside. Tell them that, brothers and sisters. All right. So let's keep reading. We're almost done. Reading from verse 24. Now, Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand into the side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Amen. And that's you and I, brothers and sisters. We haven't seen him, but we've seen all the attributes, all the mighty works that he's done. As in Romans 1 says, you have no excuse. You know he's there. And this religion, this Christianity has not survived for 2,000 years because it's not real. Hmm? And longer than that, you know, if you go back in time when Abraham sees three angels come and two of them are real angels and the other one is the Lord. It's Yeshua, Jesus, before he comes incarnated. Because the scripture is clear, no one has seen God the Father and lives. You understand, brothers and sisters. He's been here from the beginning. He died for you and me. And it's just amazing grace. And we just praise him all day long. Praise him all day long.
So brothers and sisters, I'm so glad that you joined me today. And praise Him the rest of the day. And um, uh, I want to share this one thing, though. You know, uh, I, I wanted to show uh, a, a video. When I was in Israel, I had the opportunity to preach in a church in Nazareth. And Pastor Eliav was there, and he even hosted me in his house a couple days. Righteous man. God's going to bless him and his righteous wife who cooked for me. Doesn't even know me. Amazing, amazing love, brothers and sisters. So uh, their worship group, I love them. They sang in English, Russian, and uh, Hebrew. And I have many friends, as you know, many friends that, that speak those languages. I wanted to pray it, play it. I tried to download it, but I, I, my computer would not convert it. So I'm going to work on it. I'm, I'll still continue having messages once a week. I, I pray and hope that you join me. And uh, Lord willing, I will download those videos and share them with you. So brothers and sisters, remember, pray up every day, read up every day, and keep the love of Yeshua, Jesus, in your heart. And we'll all be with Jesus someday in the kingdom of heaven. Amen.